Well, hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, part of the Informed Traveler radio show, which is heard each week on Chorus Radio. It's a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. This week, we're going to learn a bit more about IATA's new travel pass. IATA is the International Air Transport Association, and they've come up with a way to streamline the whole process of providing the necessary documents needed for international travel, such as proof of vaccination, negative COVID test results, etc., possibly making the whole idea of traveling again closer to reality. Then we'll head to Fairmont Hot Springs Resort in Fairmont, B.C. to get an update on how they've fared through this pandemic and what they have planned through the summer months. And later in the podcast, we'll get some insight on traveling to Ukraine with a company called Cobblestone Tours. But to start things out, let's find out more about IATA's new travel pass. As I mentioned, IATA is the International Air Transport Association, and they've come up with a way to streamline the whole process of providing the necessary documents needed for international travel post-COVID. Could it be an answer to help us get traveling again? Well, hopefully. So joining us now to explain it further and better than me is Marcus Rudiger. He is the Assistant Director, Corporate Communications with IATA. The website is iata.org. Hi, Marcus. Hi, Randy. How are you? I'm well, thank you. It's nice to be chatting with you again. Uh, Last time we chatted, we touched a little bit on uh, the IATA Travel Pass. It seems that it's in the the news more and more these days. But let's uh, just review a little bit for uh, people who may never have heard of the IATA Travel Pass, what it is. So the IATA Travel Pass is a digital app um, that will help travelers sort of uh, store their COVID testing certificates and at a later stage also possibly a vaccination certificate to help them uh, sort of for their international travel once uh, borders, of course, reopen and we can all travel uh, internationally once again. So how would the app work then? So basically what the app does, it allows you to create uh, a digital identity, uh, taking the digital information from your passport. And to that identity, you can then add the uh, um, testing certificate and possibly at a future stage, even the vaccination certificate. It also allows you to actually check that um, with the uploaded certificates, if you comply with the rules and regulations of the countries you want to visit or transit through in terms of uh, COVID testing. So like for Canada, where you need to at present at least have to have a PCR test um, taken not later than 72 hours before your planned departure, um, then the travel app would actually um, check that to make sure that um, you do have the correct documentation, also in the sense of um, making sure that you know the documentation is in the correct language, because some countries, of course, mandate that um, documentation is only maybe in English or in French. And this would just sort of streamline the whole process, right? If, if every country is on the same page as far as documentation and they're using this travel pass, theoretically, uh, it's kind of a solution to get international travel going again. Am I kind of thinking in the right terms here? Well, let's say, I mean, in an ideal world, every country would be accepting every, you know, anything that is to the same standard. But so 
at this stage, the the IATA travel pass will mainly be uh, a way for the traveler to hold the documentation and then decide how they wish to share it and with whom they wish to share it. So if we look at a potential actual travel process would be that um, you go to a designated lab to get tested. The lab would then be in a position to electronically upload the testing certificate into the app then you as the passenger can decide if you want to share that information with the airline. The airline, of course, needs the information to check that you're entitled to travel to the country of destination. And that check can then be done electronically through the IATA Travel Pass rather than having to produce a paper document. And upon arrival in the, in the destination country, depending on the level of participation of the receiving government, then um, either you would have to just show, again, the electronic certificate through your travel pass. Some countries, of course, will continue to mandate paper, but that's a decision that uh, each country will need to take uh, individually on how they wish to handle uh, documentation going forward. Mm-hmm. And we have an example. Virgin Airlines is saying they're going to use it on a flight from London to Barbados. So, uh, and Barbados says, yeah, we'll, we'll play along. And so hopefully everything works smoothly from there. What about, uh, now you did mention vaccines. There's an opportunity to uh, upload your proof of a vaccination. And we're hearing more about cruise lines uh, demanding a vaccination. Would they be uh, playing along with uh, IATA and saying, yeah, we'll accept that as well? Well, the, the idea of the travel, travel pass is, of course, that um, other industries outside aviation could also make use of it if, if they would like. Uh, the technology is such that it is basically open source. So uh, already from an airline perspective, uh, the airlines can or, or those who are going to participate or already testing the product uh, can opt to either integrate the travel pass app into their own app so um you know whatever airline xyz airline could integrate that into their own app or um the passenger can opt to have the app standalone um and it will be available for download during the month of april both um in ios and android well here's hoping that it works and it's a solution and the world kind of jumps on board and makes things a lot easier and we can get uh, international travel going again uh yes of course that's something we're all hoping for and i think what you know we also need to point out is that at this stage a lot of the processing of documentation is being done manually because this is something you know, airlines had to resort to because there is no electronic way of handling these documents at present. Uh, nowadays, of course, everyone's been is used to going checking in online before you even go to the airport, drop something, drop the bag at, the, at a kiosk, and then just sort of head to the gate. And uh, with the travel pass, that we want to get back to that. Um, sort of automated processing because also once numbers and passenger figures do pick up again, 
um, it'll be very difficult for the airlines to actually handle any sort of normal traffic if they still have to do all the paper processing mm-hmm. that they're being forced to do today. Uh, Marcus Rudiger is the Assistant Director of Corporate Communications for IATA, the International Air Transport Association. IATA.org is the website with uh, more information. Uh, pleasure chatting with you, Marcus. Appreciate it. Anytime, Randy. Take care. if you're looking ahead to summer and planning maybe a bit of a road trip, depending on how all the travel restrictions go, one place to consider is the Fairmont Hot Springs Resort. It's a fabulous place located in the Kootenai Rockies of BC. So joining us now to tell us more about the Fairmont Hot Springs Resort is Larry Gale. He's the Director of Marketing for the Fairmont Hot Springs Resort. The website is fairmonthotsprings.com. Hi, Larry. Hello there. Well, tell me a little bit of background about the Fairmont Hot Springs Resorts. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people are pretty familiar with, uh, you know, Fairmont Hot Springs in the area. But uh, how long has it been been part of the area? Wow, it's been here since, uh, you know, in the 50s when it was first kind of built out by the Wilder family. And and even before that, and and the story is really one of the whole valley and how things... uh, you know, started from, you know, the cowboy sort of ways and discovery of the hot springs and horseback riding. And, and it just continued to become sort of a, a camp and a library and a stop station. And, and from that, it just, it grew into what it's, it's continued to grow in today. Uh, a Canadiana family resort is second to none. Uh, and you're in a bit of a tough spot, right? You're so close to the Alberta border. A lot of Albertans love to go into BC in that area, that whole uh, valley area. Uh, and yet, we're tiptoeing a fine line here about saying, come on and visit us, but only when it's safe. Uh, tell me how you see it. Well, that's exactly it. It's, it's really, you know, we have what we call two customers. We have our internal customers, and then there's our external customers. And the Valley and our staff and everybody around here, we want to keep them safe just like anybody else. And it's so important that we, we follow all the highest COVID policies and, and stringent guidelines. But on the second part, we're also... Trying to put the onus on people that are coming here, uh, Albertans and such, and others, that when they're ready and they feel safe and that they're healthy, that we are open for business and we're trying to accommodate through all our procedures and 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 COVID policy rules and making sure everyone, including the people in the valley and the people that are coming here, are safe. It's so important to us. And you do have uh, all those policies and uh, things listed on your website against FairmontHotSprings.com. Uh, is the Hot Springs open? I, I gather I'm, that it is, uh, just looking at your website. Yes, yes, it is. And it's open for resort guests only. We've had to go back and forth on a lot of really tough procedures uh, following, you know, internal guidelines and also the government of BCIHA uh, uh, guidelines. The the policy is for our resort guests. We, we just continue to grow with the numbers. The Hot Springs are such a magical place and healing and mindset uh health and bodies has taken off during this pandemic and we have just the most incredible uh, largest outdoor hot springs in canada so the demand has always been there but we had to limit it to just our resort guests and we've gone to an hourly sign up for resort guests only that are staying with us and again the protocols are there to limit it to 100 and now we're at 150 per hour and then we clean the pool every hour uh, the pools are cleaned every hour. We ask everyone to leave, and then uh, the next group can go in. And uh, every evening, 
we are actually emptying uh, all the pools and refilling them completely. So uh, a huge policy and procedure and a great job by our, our pool teams and making sure the hot springs are a safe and enjoyable for a lot of our guests that are staying with us. Well, I would think you're probably the only pool open in, in Western Canada. <laughs> well, we are one of the few. I know there's a few others, but uh, I do want to reiterate that uh, at the end of the month, the last week of April, the first week of May, we are closed for some maintenance. So, again, uh, when you're coming out here, please, uh, the first three weeks of April and then after the first week. But we have other things we're going to talk about that you can do out here. They're just as magical. Mm-hmm. So describe uh, the different types of rooms. We uh, had the. Uh, I was very lucky to uh, spend a few uh, days out there uh, a couple of years ago now. Uh, so I'm familiar with the resort area. But uh, tell us about the different types of rooms and some of the amenities you have available. Well, of course. I mean, again, being uh, the lodge type, uh, we do have some kitchenettes and larger rooms that will take, uh, you know, anywhere from two people to four people to six people within the resort. Uh, We're keeping it to a maximum and we're keeping it so that uh, we don't have too many overflow in the rooms and spacing of everybody is so important. But we do have from incredible pool facing king rooms, uh, loft rooms, uh, kitchenettes available at the resort and a lot of uh, of two queens, right, our our standard uh, queen kind of rooms. And both have views, whether poolside or mountainside, as we call it. But just recently, we have been taking on our villas down at Mountainside Golf Course. So I can happily say as of last Friday, we've turned them on to a soft launch. We do have one- and two-bedroom villas available now in our uh, parts to help those extended families and people and couples to really come out and enjoy a little bit of a longer stay. They're fully equipped with uh, full kitchens, one-and-a-half baths. Uh, the two bedrooms have uh, a queen bed and two uh, single beds, but also usually a pull-out couch or uh, um, a Murphy bed. Uh, they, can clean, they can certainly sleep up to six. And then our one-bedrooms are, are magical, too. Uh, they feature the one-bedroom with a, a little bit extra sleeping accommodation. But they have the full kitchens, deck, barbecue, full services, and they're right on the mountainside golf course. And to add to that, our RV uh, resort has oh, it's opened up. Uh, you know, we're starting here, and we got some incredible packages going at uh, our RV resort, and, and we're really doing well for the first week of uh, for April. So any, any campers out there, RVers, or people that want to, you know, do some togethering, we've got that available for you. And so let's look ahead. Now, if people want to plan ahead for the summer, I guess they better do it, because once uh, restrictions are lifted and people start thinking about planning again, there's, <laughs> I get this feeling there's going to be an explosion of people wanting to go places. Well, well, that's it. And, and, you know, we're creating packages all the time that are safe. And, and like we said, we, we, we started off with this one uh, that's our ski and golf one that's happening here. We're one of the few places, as you know, where our, our, our sort of our entry level learn to ski hill. It's sort of full of blue runs. It's, it's five minutes away from the resort on our property. Uh, it's open till the 11th. And we also open golf this Friday uh, at our one um, uh, resort, the Riverside, and it's already full for the whole weekend. Uh, so some of the other packaging solutions we've got even for the rest of the month, we've got some unlimited golf packages going on when we get our other golf course open, uh, which should be in the next week or so. And moving forward, we're going to have some incredible deals and specials in the spring. But yeah, if you want to come during the summer, please, please, please book now. Book now. I can't say that enough. We're, we're, we're doing extremely well on people anticipating uh, travel restrictions will be used, will be eased up. Tell me about the restaurants you have on site. There's some uh, nice ones there. Yeah, we have a couple on site. We have uh, the Bear's Paw, which is 
sort of like a little bit pubish, and we're doing, of course, COVID rules, uh, maximum six to a table in both, and it's got, uh, you know, a fine selection of, you know, handhelds to um, all types of different foods and, of course, beers and wines and everything like that. Uh, and then our, our other one is the elk and uh, antler, sorry, and uh, it's uh, it's more a little bit more sit-down, fine dining, um, and, and again, we just created a new menu for that that's got uh, everything that complements from kids right up to you want to have a special evening with, uh, with your wife or with your spouse. Anything uh, that I've missed you might want to add? No, I mean, there's so much that we have going on here, and I like to reiterate that we're open, but please use your senses of safety first. Um, check with us on our website for updates. Uh, our COVID policies are super strong. Um, we really want to welcome as many people as we can in the most friendliest of services, but we have to be careful and be cognizant of that. And arrive happy, arrive healthy, and we'll certainly take care of the rest. And with golf, the resort, the villas, the RV camping, and our ski hills, we'll have a, ma- a magnificent time and activities uh, that are coming forth. I do want to reiterate uh, another great thing that we're just putting together to launch is Wings Over over uh, the area, which is starting, uh, when is that? The May 8th, I want to say, uh, the first week of that. And we're going to have some incredible activities uh, with all of the nature that we have around the area. And the whole valley is, is supporting this. Uh, so, again, please go to our website, as you mentioned. Lots of opportunities come out here and come to Canada's friendliest family resort. Larry Gale is the Director of Marketing, Fairmont Hot Springs Resort. That website is fairmonthotsprings.com. Thanks for your time, Larry. I do appreciate it. Fantastic. Thank you for giving us a call. Well, one place that's quickly becoming a hidden gem, so to speak, for people looking for a cultural experience when they travel is Ukraine. It's one of those places you would definitely benefit from having someone guide you through the area, especially if you've never been. And one tour company that specializes in Ukraine is Cobblestone Tours. So here now to tell us all about traveling to Ukraine and Cobblestone Tours is the CEO and founder of Cobblestone Tours, Vince Reese. Their website is cobblestonefreeway.ca. Hi, Vince. Hi. Nice to, nice to meet you over the phone. Well, I'm excited to learn about Cobblestone Tours and really excited to learn about uh, some of the tours you offer to Ukraine. I know you offer a number of different tours to uh, Eastern Europe as well. But for, for this uh, purpose, we'll focus on Ukraine. But before we get to that, tell me about Cobblestone Tours and uh, how it began, how you got involved. Well, I'll jump right in and and talk about Ukraine right from the beginning because you can't separate us from Ukraine. Um, my family on my mother's side is Ukrainian, and uh, they put me in Ukraine folk dance as a kid, and I grew up uh, doing that. I was danced with the Ukrainian Shumka dancers for many years and uh, started uh, taking groups of students over to Ukraine in the 90s and the 2000s. And then in, in 2011, we decided to start Cobblestone Freeway Tours, and our goal was completely to take tours to Ukraine. And uh, over time, we evolved to start going to other places in Eastern Europe. As we discovered, some people go once, they say, okay, Vince, we want to go somewhere else. Where else can we go? So we started going to Croatia and Poland and Romania and Georgia and Turkey and Hungary and all around that part of Eastern Europe. And the really interesting thing about Ukraine is that 
there's not a lot of companies that are going there. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people in Canada, especially in the pierogi belt here between uh, <laughs> Alberta and Manitoba, that have Ukrainian roots, you know. But like my ancestors, they came uh, over 100 years ago, and so they've kind of lost connection with the with their ancestral homeland. So we help facilitate, you know, people that want to go back and and uh, see their uh, see their roots. And uh, you know, we started by taking actually dance groups and choirs and church groups and schools, and then we started doing like family trips and stuff like that. And before you know it, other travel companies are contacting us to help them uh, go to Ukraine as well because there's not a lot of people that have the knowledge to be able to run a tour there and uh so yeah we have a team in uh Lviv in in western ukraine the mm-hmm. capital of the west ukraine uh, which is the capital of halichina or galicia in ukrainian so a lot of people came from that area and that's a great place to have a hub and but we also have partner offices in kiev and odessa and in the carpathian mountains and so wherever you want to go in ukraine we can we can make it happen for you but a lot of people want to know right off the bat, how did we come up with cobblestone freeway tours? <laughs> and when when I started, I thought about traveling in, in Ukraine, and I thought, what images popped to mind? And if you are in the old city in Lviv, for example, where I've lived three different times in my life, um, it's all cobblestone. And it, it's a, the center of Lviv is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. It wasn't destroyed during the war, so it's very beautiful. You feel like you're going back in time. And I just think of those cobblestones every time I think of traveling to Ukraine. Because <laughs> as soon as you get off the airplane and you're in the bus and you're driving, all of a sudden you feel the rumble of the cobblestones beneath you. And you really feel like you're going, you know, back in time. Uh-huh. So, well, and you're, you're right. There is a, a lot of people with a lot of ties to Ukraine. Uh, tell me about uh, your tours, though. I mean, uh, your website says custom private tours. So how custom are they and how private are they? Well, yeah. Uh, we have uh, a whole bunch of set departures. So you can go to our website, uh, cobblestonefreeway.ca, and see the different set departures you can choose from. You know, of course, this is uh, for the future when people feel comfortable to travel mm-hmm, again yes. within the year or so. Um, uh, so we have, you know, Easter in Ukraine, Christmas in Ukraine, for people who want those, like, special, unique uh, times. We have a great Ukraine tour, Western Ukraine, Central Ukraine, and we've also come up with some combo tours, Ukraine and Poland, Ukraine and Hungary, Ukraine and Croatia. So if people like, you know, we get a lot of people say, oh, my husband's not Ukrainian, but I want to <laughs> go. So we got to try and, you know, Croatia and Ukraine, you can get some time on the beach. If you're a Game of Thrones fan, you can go see the places where that was filmed. And then we get a lot of people that say, you know what, I want to go privately, just my family or, or just my group or mm. just my, you know, choir. And so what we just do is do a custom uh, proposal for you and uh, so you give us a call or give me a call or we set up a discovery call and we chat through what you want to do how long you want to go for what's your budget what cities do you want to see what time of year etc and we kind of brainstorm that all together and then I and then I churn out a, a proposal hmm. so and then you look it over and say okay it looks good or no I don't like this hotel let's pr- try a different one or but now we we go back and forth usually Usually two or three times till we get it right, and then and then we make it. Then only then do you make a deposit. How long is a and typical then, tour? I, I realize it takes a you know it's not easy to get to Ukraine. It's probably uh, two or three flights. Yeah, I mean if you're going to go to Ukraine, you want to make it worth your while, right? So you know people don't generally go for the weekend. Our shortest tour is our intro to Ukraine tour, which is nine days, um, and then our longest tour. 
uh, in Ukraine is 18 days. So, so I would say the average is the 14-day tours. We have a lot of 14-day tours, and that uh, gets you going in a nice small group. Uh, we have 16 people maximum on our set tours. Of course, if it's a private custom, you can go with two people or you mm-hmm. can bring 200. But on our set departures, it's small groups. We're on a big bus, coach bus, so you can spread out. It's air-conditioned. We have good drivers, good staff. Everything's translated. Everything's included as well. So we want to make sure you're going at a nice, relaxed pace. You're not pulling out your wallet. You're really soaking up the the atmosphere, learning about the country, and, and having a bit of a vacation too, you know. So uh, I often thought about like, okay, you know, my mother's on this tour. You know, how is she going to enjoy it? I want to make sure she's not rushing around and feeling stressed out. And I've been on tours where you're changing hotels, you know, every mm-hmm. night and, and you're going from place to place and you don't remember one city from the next. And I kind of thought, you know what, Let's slow it down a little bit, you know, two, at least two, but mostly we try to spend three nights in each city and then we can do day trips out to see other things as well, but you're not packing up your bags and checking in and out every night. And uh, so but the flights, you asked about the flights. If you're coming from Calgary or Edmonton, you could fly, uh, I think, from Calgary and Edmonton, you can fly to Amsterdam directly. So you could go directly to Amsterdam and then Amsterdam to Kiev. Uh, but most people go through Toronto still. Mm-hmm. And then they'll go sort of Toronto, Frankfurt, and then Frankfurt, Kiev. And then we have the option for people. A lot of people want to do, they want to find their family while they're there. Or they want to maybe go visit the village where their ancestors came from. So we do genealogy services as well for Ukraine. And uh, a lot of people will do a little side trip to go out and take a peek at their the village where their maybe great grandparents came from. Oh, or something nice. Like that. Yeah. Um, we are on the uh, Easter weekend, but uh, I, I understand the Ukrainian Easter is celebrated at a different time. But uh, tell me what Easter is like in in Ukraine. Oh, well, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, we do our tour in and around the Ukrainian Easter or the Orthodox Easter, mm-hmm. and. Um, so that's what Ukrainians are lucky. We Canadians, we get to we get to celebrate twice. So, <laughs> just like Christmas. Same with Christmas, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, we go just before Easter, so you get you get a chance to get settled in, get a bit of that like spiritual atmosphere, and sort of see people as they prepare for Easter. You know, we go to the market with them, prepare the Easter basket. You have a chance to make Ukrainian Easter eggs if you want, uh, or just watch or just buy them. Uh, see how the masters make them. I mean, it's spectacular what they're doing over there. And uh, then we actually spend Easter in a, a little village with a local family uh, in the Carpathian Mountains where it's it's a bit rural uh, and people really maintain the old traditions in the in the outside of the cities, you know. Mm-hmm. So the, over the course of Easter weekend, they break the they break the fast. They've, some of them have been, you know, doing the 40 days Lent uh-huh, uh-huh. and then they cut loose and it's party time. <laughs> <laughs> so the vodka starts, starts flowing and it's a, it's a really good time and uh, music and singing and traditions. And, and we get a lot of people, you know, like I said, they come with their husbands or wives and maybe they're not Ukrainian, but they just love it anyway. Mm-hmm. My dad came, my dad's not Ukrainian. He came with mom. And he said, I don't know what they're saying, but I'm having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be a, a fabulous time to uh, celebrate Easter. The advantage is, like you said, you can celebrate Easter here and then go celebrate it there. And I would imagine the same for Christmas. Uh, is there, do you have a favorite uh, spot or a tour that you like to, to talk about or, or that, that's kind of is close to you? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I love going at Easter and Christmas time because you really get to see some unique old traditions. 
But briefly, I'll touch on the Great Ukraine Tour, which is our longest tour. And then every other tour is sort of a variation of that one. Mm -hmm. Um, So that tour starts in Kiev, which is the capital city, of course, and uh, Golden Domes and Chicken Kiev and the Dnipro River. And it's it's historic and it's it's a large city and it's very impressive. And uh, you could spend a lot of time exploring there. But, you know, in three days... Some people also do a little add-on to go visit Chernobyl, the Chernobyl exclusion zone. Of course, that's a the tragedy of mm-hmm. Chernobyl there, but uh, that's a fascinating uh, uh, thing to do as well. Oh, I think it would be, yeah. Into, after that, we go on to Odessa. Odessa is the uh, port city on the Black Sea, which uh, is also really fascinating, very multicultural, and it's a wine region. So we get to try all kinds of wines and uh, experience that part of Ukraine. Then we fly actually to the west of Ukraine to the city of Chernivtsi, which is in the province of Bukovina. And a lot of people came also from that area of Ukraine to Canada, Bukovina. And then we go into the Carpathian Mountains, spend a few days there. And it's sort of like, a lot of people say it reminds them of like, uh, you know, that Lord of the Rings movie, Hobbiton. So it's just so lush and green and the people are so hospitable and friendly and they're so proud of their country. You know, they mm-hmm. just really want you to experience and then we finish in Lviv which is in the west and it's uh, uh it's it's my favorite city the city of Lviv um and it's close to the Polish border uh and it's a lot like uh, the uh, the city of Krakow in Poland or even Prague in Czech Republic those three cities are very similar in architecture and style and sort of that medieval vibe that you can get and uh yeah i i just love it all around but the, the beauty about the Great Ukraine Tour is that every city, it's like almost like a different country. Like you feel like Ukraine is so large. It's the largest country in Europe, fully in Europe. And uh, um, each country, each city is like a country of its own. Like mm-hmm. you feel like you've been to five countries by the time you finish this tour. <laughs> well, there's lots of ways to see Ukraine with Cobblestone Tours. You can check their website out, Cobblestone freeway.ca and Vince Reese is the CEO and founder of Cobblestone Tours. Now I want to go to Ukraine. So now you... <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad I, I'm glad I convinced you. Well, we'd love to have you. We want everyone to know about Ukraine because it's such a spectacular destination. And I really think in the COVID years, the post-COVID years, Ukraine is going to be really uh, a, a, an interesting place to visit because it doesn't get as many tourists. It mm-hmm. won't be as busy as some of the other cities like you know, Paris or London or Barcelona. For sure. Uh, Appreciate your time, Vince. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care, everybody. Have a nice day. Stay safe and healthy. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. Remember, this is the podcast version of the Informed Traveler radio show heard each week on Chorus Radio. You can find more information on the show at our website at theinformedtraveler.ca. So thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, let us know. Leave us a review. Tell a friend. And if you want to drop me a line, my email is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler. Or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.